0: Welcome to the world of culture pop with Steve Mason and Sue Kalinsky. Culture, comedy, movies, TV, tech, authors, trends, pop, pop. This is the Culture Pop Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason
1: along with Sue Kalinsky. Sue, how you doing? I'm feeling good. I'm refreshed. I woke up this morning, uh, 6.30, to go on a four-mile run. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's big. Yeah, now you're refreshed if, because you went away, right?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, the vacation really wasn't like a refreshing vacation, but it was. Uh, it was good. I went up to San Francisco. My niece is um having a baby in September, so oh, there nice. was a baby shower. And uh, yeah, and I got to see my great niece and uh, a lot of my. Now, do
0: guys go to the baby shower? Because a lot of I we had to go to a baby shower a couple of months back. And is it now a guy thing? It used to be just women go to the baby shower.
1: No, it's guys too. Yeah. That's very modern.
0: Just another obligation. Now (laughs) you got to go to a baby shower.
1: But, but you know, it was fun and, um, there were fun games and there was great food. So, um, Cool. I don't. I, I don't think any of the guys were complaining. Awesome, awesome.
0: So uh, the big day for me today—we're recording this on Saturday, August the fourteenth—and what I have been waiting for is a chance to go see my beloved Los Angeles Rams play at SoFi Stadium. I am so excited for it.
1: Yeah, I, I would think that you would be wearing uh, Rams uh,
0: regalia. Oh, I'll be wearing it. Trust me. Trust me. So, you know, I'll I'll tell you something about the Ramseys. And and what I'm trying to do on the show is to give people stuff that I wouldn't normally say on the show. So I I will say this. Um, We are unbelievably frugal people, Juan and I. We do not spend a lot of money. Like vacations. We don't spend a lot of money on vacations. We're always really conscious of what we spend. It's partly because I grew up, you know, my mom used to say and this is true. My mom used to say your father could lose his job and we'll be on the streets in 3 weeks. <laughs> like talk about a lack of security for a little kid. We're going to wind up on the streets. So because of that, I'm really careful about how I spend, but these seat licenses, the biggest splurge item of my life, never what I believe that I would have spent what I did on these seats. But they are awesome. There's like a private club that goes along with it, the the uh, chairman's club. It's just like incredible. So I'm so excited to see this stadium. And I've seen it. I've been in it, but not for football. And I was there for a concert called the Vax Live concert. And uh, this was a couple of months back. And David Letterman was there to introduce the Foo Fighters. And David Letterman walked out and he said, you know, this is really exciting. I've never been on the space station before. It is really <laughs> super high. It's like if Ridley Scott and Blade Runner invented a football stadium, this is what it would look like. It is so unbelievably modern and nobody's ever seen anything like it. It cost $5 billion. The next most expensive stadium was Cowboy Stadium, which cost $1 billion. That gives you some perspective about how crazy and how state-of-the-art this thing is.
1: Okay, so what is the least expensive ticket?
0: You can get a seat license, I think, for like $10,000. So over the course of 20 years, you spread out payments, so you pay up to $10,000 for a regular seat. We spent a little bit more, we spent a, yeah, little, bit a more. little bit more a little bit more, little Hi. scary how much we spent, so the other thing I want to when we're going to do Sue's News, which is my new favorite part of the show. we've done it once, and by the way, bang up on the uh downloads. people love
1: sue's news, yeah, and uh i've I've gotten a lot of compliments from people They're Excellent. Like, when when are you doing more? Yeah, I hope, I hope this wasn't a one-shot deal.
0: No, it's for real. Yeah. The one other thing I wanted to mention is, you know, I, I love the summertime, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now in August. This is kind of disappointing to me. One sign of fall is always when Starbucks releases their damn pumpkin latte spice bull crap yeah you know, and and so they are now officially releasing it on August the 19th. It's like next week they're releasing
1: it. It's not in you know, fall.: you know it's it's the same thing that happens every year when you know people are talking about Christmas in October.: Yeah or, yeah, and people are talking about Thanksgiving in in September.
0: Yeah. It's like this advanced lead time. It's like, give me pumpkin spa, uh, spice latte in the fall. Don't give it to me on August the 19th. So what I hate is on local news now, everybody will say, hey, it's pumpkin spice latte time. Hey. No, no it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> not even close. We were waiting till fall.
1: It's still light out
0: at eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And one other thing I wanted to touch on, and you tell me if this is possible. So I've talked about this a lot on the show. I wanted to uh, fill people in here. So I am playing a one-on-one golf match with my radio partner, John Ireland, on September the 10th. So now less than one month away. And Sue, you and I played golf. hmm And you thought I was okay-ish.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought that, well, that was what, like three weeks ago, I think, yeah, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that you were... Uh- yeah, probably a month away from, uh, from from being really, really good.
0: So here's my problem. I've only been playing par threes. I've never been on a real golf course playing real holes. So I've grown never up, played... Grown-up
1: grown up golf. Grown-up
0: golf, exactly. So I have no distance. I have yet to hit, I hit a wood the other day for the first time, and it is a mess. The longer the club gets, the worse I get. You know, like my... Wedge, I'm really good with mm-hmm. my five iron. I am awful, and my w- seven wood, which is what uh, my teacher Derek Allen gave me, mm-hmm. just a nightmare. So, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about playing the entire course with irons. Do you think I have a chance if I play the whole course with irons?
1: How far do you hit um, your irons? That's uh, what it really I comes my, down
0: to. hit my five iron when I hit it right, I hit it about. 175
1: yards, then you'd be fine because you get great, you get great distance and you're much better to use a club that you feel comfortable with that you can actually hit than to keep on trying to hit um, a driver or a wood that is going to go astray and you're not going to get yardage.
0: Right. You you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 totally. So So, I would,
1: I would go with a club that um, that's going to give you distance that you feel comfortable with, because you know it's it's such a mind game. You know most oh, sports yeah. are. You know golf. I mean, you're you're there. You're playing. You're by yourself. You know right. you don't have teammates to depend on to pick up any slack. So you're going to come into the the match thinking, oh fuck, I don't really hit my driver good. I don't hit my wedge good you know, my, my, my wood good. So you should definitely um, go with your instinct and, and play with the clubs that uh, you're comfortable with. Okay.
0: That's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm nervous about it. You know, I'm getting, we're playing nine holes and I'm getting 26 strokes.
1: Okay. So
0: it's competitive, right? If yeah, I hit, totally. If, if I make a seven on every hole, I should have a chance. But like the other day I'm out there, I'm on in two and then I four putt. It's like, Just you know, brutal. If one game part of the game goes well, the other part of the game goes badly, and I'm I'm back where I was. As my coach would say, it's nothing but drama. It's all drama. (laughs) You've got to stay out of the drama when you're out there. So I'm I'm excited for it. I don't know if I will ever play I'll I'll pitch around on a on a nine hole executive course, but I don't think I'm gonna like join a country club at any point.
1: I, well, mean, I don't so that's think that's a little my premature.
0: <laughs> I don't think that's my scene.
1: At I think all. I think you probably wanna learn how to hit a driver before it- <laughs> <laughs> you joined a country club. <laughs> it would be preemptively and not and not four putt. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: So uh, Sue, we we tried this uh, the last time we did Sue's news. We used to do it at WNEW in uh, in New York and had a good time with it every morning. You would do your news, and Sue has uh, combed through the internet. She's been researching for days, and she has finally settled on the stories for today's Sue's news. Sue.
1: Okay, it's now now this is kind of a personal Sue's news, which okay. I've never done before, All right. but I have to talk about it. So I come back from San Francisco um, on Wednesday, and I look at my email, and I get an email from some guy who says to me that I've been designated to be the true successor of late Craig Robert. Um He passed away on the 15th of March, uh, 2019. And he's, and this guy who apparently his name is John Pace. Um, he's a senior solicitor for some, for some firm in the UK. Okay. And he says, awaiting your swift reply, I am his advocate, right? (laughs) So I look up this guy because I know it's total bullshit. Yeah. Right. Somebody probably hacked this guy the email address is not the email address of the real John Pace. Uh. He, he actually is an attorney in Great Britain. Okay, okay. Right?
0: So they so they've gone deep into the scam.
1: Yes. So I write back. Um, you know, hey Tom, minute, you answered this. Of course, you know me. <laughs> you could so Tom, Tom says, "Just it's 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 bullshit." You know. So I write the guy back and I say, um, "I do not know Craig Robert." And, um, if you have proof that I will be getting money from, (laughs) from his estate, um, please send it to me. I would love to see it. (laughs) So the guy writes back, um, please read carefully. I'm going to explain in detail why, why he mailed me. And he goes on to say that, um, this guy died in a car accident. Uh, he, uh, he had, um. He was an oil merchant. He had oil dealings around Europe and Africa, and the, the long and short of it is that um, there's six million dollars to be had. Wow! And, and 6 the attorney million. and the attorney says we'll go fifty fifty on this, <laughs> right? And he said the reason why he chose me is because he went and searched for. Uh, Craig Roberts' family members, he couldn't come up with anybody, and because my name is so close to his, he chose me. Wait a minute, your name is Sue Kolinsky. <laughs> I know, <And> I'm like <laughs> nothing close to Roberts. Kalinsky, is what? Wh- where? What planet are you on? <laughs> so, um, so then he says to me, um, "I hope to hear back from you pretty soon." So then I just wrote him back and I said, "Look, this smells very scammy to me." I you know, my name is not anywhere near the name Craig Roberts, <laughs> and please refrain from any further contact. And then, of course, I never heard from him again, of course not. Of course not. Well, I was waiting for him to, you know, to continue, you know, trying well, to why would you
0: even respond? That's the part I don't understand. It's like just
1: it's, it's just entertainment for me. you know,
0: there's like a prince in Ghana, and he's got, uh, you know, $10 million in an account and he can't get it out of the account. And can you help? Like, I would never respond to these things. What are you responding to this stuff
1: for? I, I responded just because I wanted to see what his response was going to be. That's all. It's just fun. I mean, it, it took no time out of my day to do it. I just did it just to see how far he was going to try to carry this. And, see, uh, I
0: always wonder if I respond to things like, that if I respond to stuff that seems fake, if I'm going to wind up on some list where they're going to be like, oh yeah, this guy will respond to fake stuff. Like now I'm getting fake text messages all the time um, where it's like a group of 20 and try this business and all this. I don't know how I wind up in that group, but I always delete that stuff right away because I'm trying to get rid of junk as much as possible. Here you are answering junk.
1: Well, it doesn't really matter. He already has my email, so it's like I'm, I, wasn't, I wasn't giving him don't any other information. Don't you wonder where you got your email? Well, it's the same thing when you get, you know, I got hacked years ago. Right. Somebody got into my checking account and oh. took like, you know, I don't know, like $3,500. And uh, it's it's more of a pain in the ass than anything else. Right, right. Um. So who knows? I mean, it, when I when my bank contacted me it was somebody from, and they actually wrote in like in the uh, memo for -hmm. their check that it was for their rent. And it was somebody apparently in Connecticut. Um, So, you know, who knows? I, I, I don't know. It's, it just seems very random to me. Um, You know, my information is out there in the universe because I buy things online. Sure. So who knows? I mean, they, you know, look, they, they just, they, they try it, they try it. and, Who knows? You know, somebody. There's always somebody out there that is going to be an idiot, um, or or preying on somebody who's maybe older and doesn't really understand. You know, do you think that's why they came after you? No, well then I'm older. (laughs) I don't know how much information he has on me. Um, But what I'm saying is that, like like my brother, okay, he was um, being he was targeted by um, Publishers Clearinghouse. Okay, right, yeah, now my brother, you know, he's sick, you know, he's got you know Parkinson's and right, he's got you right. know you know he's got some dementia going on there. So he kept on uh giving money, and oh, no. and it was like what what are you doing? He didn't really know. He just thought, well, they're telling me if I give them money, then I'm gonna get money. So they just keep on doing it, hoping they're gonna catch that fish that's right. gonna that's gonna play along. And, and give them money. And it happens all the time. This guy, you know, he probably thought when I and, and I, I kind of like fucking with them too, because he probably thought that I was interested. Right. He thought, you know, you're so of thought, oh, I got one. Yeah. And then he responded. And then my next response was, don't ever contact me again. Right.
0: Right. So now, who makes their living that way? Scamming people. What a weird world. What a weird world. I mean, I I always think senior citizens are the ones that I worry about, too, because, you know, my mom will call me and say, I think I got an email from Apple. I'm like, no, you did not get an email from Apple. Go up to the top, look at the address, and you'll find out it's not from Apple. Uh, But they make it seem like you're dealing with Apple, and then you're really dealing with some scammer, and you're giving them your private information, and then they turn around and use that on other stuff.
1: Oh yeah, I I got something years ago from um, the IRS, and it was it was for work that I allegedly did in Atlanta, and um, and it it seemed very very official. Right? Had you done um, work in Atlanta? Never. I said I you know I've I've never worked in Georgia. Um, I've never you know I, I I I don't even know the last time I've been in Georgia. And Then a friend of mine said I've had Georgia on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> So they were telling me that I owed all this money in in back taxes for when I worked in Georgia. And I said, I've never worked in Georgia. And it was a total scam.
0: Now, the IRS, and this is important because a lot of people will get phone messages from the IRS. You're in trouble. uh, You haven't paid taxes. uh, Your life is on the line and they try to get you on the hook. Um, The only way the IRS ever reaches out to anybody is by mail, by U.S. mail. Right, not by email, not by phone, but there are so many scams out there, um, especially right. with the IRS.
1: Sure, and people get scared. They hear the oh, IRS those three letters
0: scare the shit out of you,
1: and it's like, oh my god, they're gonna, you know, garnish my wages. Yeah, so
0: you know, whatever. I'm glad you survived your uh, your sure. near traumatic hacking event.
1: Yeah, because you know what was next. You know, give me your checking, give me your bank account and we'll we'll send you the money. <laughs> <laughs> that was the next email.
0: Who falls for that? Who, yeah, sadly, I'm, too many people. Sadly, yeah. too many people. Yeah. All right, what do you got next?
1: All right, well, speaking of people getting money, uh, a Missouri woman, uh, she was in Florida and unexpectedly, she had her flight canceled. So to pass the time, she went to a Publix a uh, supermarket and ended up buying a scratch a scratch-off lottery ticket and she won 1 million dollars. Won a scratch-off? Yes, while well, she just was killing time. She was supposed to be on the flight. She was oh. like, hey, "What the hell? I'll just go there and just get a lottery ticket and a scratch-off and and she won a million dollars." Wow.
0: Wow. Yeah. Now, I've never won anything. First of all, I'm not a lottery ticket guy. And One of the reasons why is that the more, let's see, how do I phrase this? The lower your economic level in life, the more lottery tickets you buy. And so it tends to be a regressive tax on the poor. -hmm. The less money you have, the more likely you are to buy. Like I would never buy a lottery ticket. I, I just, the odds are way, way too long, and the dream is way, way too big. But I think too many people get suckered into this uh, and wind up buying tons of lottery tickets. But a scratch
1: off, a million dollars on a scratch off is insane very cool. I mean, I you know, a lot of times at, at certain jobs that I've had, you know, if the lottery, you know, if it was like, you know, you know, 100 million dollars or whatever, yep. um, we would all chip in. Sure. A you know, couple of bucks, you know. I don't know, 10 bucks a piece or whatever. Um yeah, I've and I've never won anything big, but Tom way before we were together, he bought a lottery ticket and he was sitting in a bar and the numbers came on the screen on the TV. Yeah. And he got the first number. He got yep. the second number. Oh. He got the third number. He got the fourth number. He got the fifth number, but didn't get the mega. Oh no! So what did he win? He didn't win that much. He said he won like I don't know, maybe fifteen hundred dollars or something for, for five. Five of
0: the six numbers. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? I mean, honestly, and then you know, it's a little bit like uh, gambling too. You know, like my my mom and my Not so much my not stepdad, Leo, but my dad when he was alive. Gambling and lottery tickets and slot machines. And it's like you're just pissing away money for the most part. You cannot win. There's a reason they've got all those lights and bells and whistles. It's because most people lose. Now, the one person I know that wins and wins consistently is my brother, Brian. So my brother, Brian, who's retired and lives down in Florida, he lives in Fort Lauderdale, and there's a casino nearby. Uh, he plays poker. Now, I've played poker with Brian. Mm-hmm. He is just a deadly shark. Uh, you cannot beat Brian at poker. And the beauty of poker is you're not playing the house. The house always has a huge advantage, right? When you're playing blackjack or gow or any of the, uh, the regular games that people play. But poker... You're really only paying playing the people that are at the table. Uh, the house takes a rake, a small rake, but for the most part, it's me versus you and that guy and that guy and that guy. And mm-hmm. my brother is just a master. And he will tell me when he loses. He'll say, "Hey, I lost, uh, you know, a thousand dollars today." But more often than not, it's like I won two grand. I won thirty-eight hundred dollars. I won. He's just a great poker player. Otherwise, I think gambling. Is just pissing away money.
1: Yeah, um, there was. There's a, um, a baseball stadium here in Long Beach. It's an indi- well Well, used to be an independent league. It was okay. the Long-, Long Beach Armada, and now um, Cal State Long Beach players play there. They actually filled some of uh, Moneyball there. It's, oh, okay. a real, it's kind of like a Field of Dreams kind of stadium. It's right. Yeah, the, right, right. So, by the way,
0: how how cool was that? By the way. Oh
1: God, the Field I know. of
0: Dreams game. I mean, I know. I,
1: I I wanted to talk about that, so we'll talk about that. Yeah. In a okay. Good. Good. So. um... So we could, we used to be able to walk to it from our old house. Yep. And uh, it's the coolest thing in the world. So they have that 50 50. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, sure. A 50 so, 50 raffle?
1: Yeah. So you get 50% of the pot if yes. you win. So Tom says, Oh, we got to do the 50 50. He says, Cause I'm very lucky and I always <laughs> win the 50 50. And I said, Okay, cool. So I don't know. It was 20 bucks or whatever it was. So during some of the game, we went to the gift shop and When we came back, you know, then the game's over, and we never heard what the fifty-fifty was. Right, we were probably in the in the the gift shop and what have. We didn't hear the numbers, so we're like, "Oh, why don't we just, you know, ask them as we leave?" You know, and we said, "You know, did you guys call the 50 50 And they said, "Yeah, nobody won." And then we handed them our tickets, and we won. Wow! Yeah, how much? It was like one hundred fifty bucks, whatever. One hundred fifty bucks. Yeah,
0: that's not much of a fifty-fifty.
1: Well, it's a, it's a tiny stadium, you know? Oh,
0: that's, it is a little stadium. So I yeah. think it was probably they do like, it I think at it Dodger was, Stadium. They do it at Rams games. They do it right. at all the big stadiums and the pots right. are really, really big. 150 right. bucks at the state. Well, 150 bucks is 50 150 bucks, is, bucks. Yeah. 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 Where I come from when, uh, you know, you, you're three weeks away from living on the streets, 150 bucks really means something.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so you brought up the Field of Dreams game. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't see it, but I've seen highlights from it. And I have to tell you, seeing Kevin Costner walk out didn't really move me so much. But when I saw the players walk out... Out of the corn? Out of the corn, I actually got teary-eyed. Yes. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yep. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just... They did
0: such a great... So you did not see the game, you didn't watch it live?
1: I, no, and I I watched a lot of the highlights of yeah. the game. Because it was um, a great
0: game on top of everything else. It was a walk-off home run, it was all and, that stuff.
1: And that's what was so, you know, just the icing on the cake, it was that it was actually a great game. Yes. It was yes. just this moment of doing something cool. The game was incredible. And um, I love, like, the old graphics that they, yes. eat, you know. Um, and I was thinking to myself, one of the one of the great trivia questions will be: Okay, who hit the first home run in Major League history in Iowa? Because it oh, was the first home run. Question. Yeah, right. and um, do do you know who it was? Uh, I'm trying to think who hit a home run. Was it Aaron Judge? It was uh, Abreu who hit a home oh, run in the it first was inning. Abreu, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it was first of all, it was beautifully produced. Oh. They did such a great job with it. From beginning to end, it was just, it was magical. And, you know, I heard people say, yeah, the movie's 40 years old, blah, blah, blah. What do kids today care about? You know what? It's not all about kids. <laughs> you know, I understand. I know. That's it's so not, true. It's not, everything doesn't have to be about, oh, let's get the game younger. How do we oh, get I, 11-year-olds to watch? It's like, no, no. We are 11-year-olds
1: to do anything without giving them candy. I mean, okay It's
0: okay to have just a great nostalgic experience like that. And the movie, when I saw it, it was a little back. So I think it's an unbelievable movie. It's, Mm -hmm. it's always been, it's my favorite baseball movie. A lot of people will say Bull Durham. Some people will say major league. Some people will say bad news. Bears. For me, it's, it's field of dreams because there's a, there's this idea of fathers, parents passing along the tradition of baseball to their kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is a generational game. And so the final scene, and, you know, spoiler alert, it's been 40 years. The final scene uh, has Kevin Costner saying to his dad, Dad, do you want to have a catch? hmm And, you know, for me, the reason it struck a tone, I don't think my mom will listen to this podcast or any of <laughs> my family. I don't think my dad ever offered to have a catch with me. Mm-hmm. We played a lot of baseball when I was a kid. We played Little League, all that stuff. My dad never said, hey, son, let's have a catch. And so Mm -hmm. for me, it was, uh, I wish I had that. I wish I had that opportunity. And that's why I was reduced to a puddle at the end of the movie. It is Mm -hmm. so friggin' good. And Mm -hmm. all I could think watching the game the other night was, you know, if you build it, they will come. Mm Mm-hmm. After all these years, they finally arrived.
1: I know. I just There's something chill. really,
0: yeah. really cool about that. I it gave me it gave me chills on a bunch of different occasions. The other right. night, it was right. really cool. Good for baseball.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, and it doesn't great. have
0: to be about eleven
1: year olds. I know. I mean, yeah. And they, and I mean, they they and specifically baseball because you know I'm so partial to it because I love it more than any other sport. And you know, we've talked about it many times. You know, yeah. the change, all, all these changes that they always want to make, and it always is you know, to get younger people more involved. And Some of the changes I, have worked. Yeah. Like, but, I
0: like the extra innings rule. I like the 10th inning, put a runner at second base thing. I think I that's don't. actually fun. You, you don't like that? I don't like You're it. You're stodgy. <laughs> You're stodgy on this stuff. <laughs> it's just,
1: you know, it's, it's like, just play the game, you know? What do you have to put them? You know, it's it, and it's a shortening thing, you know? It, it just goes back to wanting to shorten something that, that doesn't have a clock. And but I it just... does
0: increase drama. There's no question it increases drama. It puts a pitcher into a situation in the 10th inning where they're already pitching with a runner in scoring position. It's fascinating to watch the way pitchers handle that. Uh, that they come into a game and they they didn't put that runner on, but that runner's there anyway. And how they deal with the the leverage of that moment. Um, I think that's why that's the one rule that I think is okay of these new rules. That's the. What do you think about the every of every relief pitcher has to throw to at least bat, uh, three batters?
1: I'm not. I'm I, that that I'm fine with. Yeah, me too. That me I'm too. fine
0: with. I think yeah. that's worked really well. Right. I like to see when the guy comes out and he's not throwing well. Yeah. When he comes out, and he's not throwing well, and the manager knows. Oh shit! I got to stick with this guy for two more hitters two after this. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, right. Uh, but I. But yeah. Generally speaking, the game is the game. It's not going to be ever a game for for people kids. that aren't
1: interested and and people who aren't interested in it.
0: Right. It's just not. And in terms of the health of the game, I looked at it the other day. 68 million people attended Major League Baseball games last year. Four million people will attend Dodger games by the end of this season. Those are huge numbers. That is a huge gate. People Mm -hmm. obviously want to be there and be a part of it. I disagree with the fact that the game is in some way not, the game is somehow unhealthy. I think right. the game is healthy. It's mm-hmm. evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, I saw some some data, I saw some data that says that uh, people of color, African-American and uh, Latinos are the fastest growing audience for Major League Baseball, which well, is they're, good.
1: They're, It's good. Well, they're heavily represented.
0: Yeah, no <laughs> so, question. No question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so Field of Dreams, Dreams game, big success.
1: So someone had had said, you know, where should... Um, Major League Baseball, build uh, a stadium to celebrate other iconic films, and one of them was The Sandlot, which is oh, one of my favorite, favorite it's baseball so movies.
0: But where was The Sandlot set? I can't think.
1: Um, I don't know, but I know that there was a treehouse. For house. some reason, I want to say Ohio. I think it may have been, but I'm not—oh, we should look it up.
0: Yeah, Woody—what's uh, the big—Sandlot f- is fun. It was a little past—so— Sandlot is big with people in their thirties because it came along at a particular time, mm-hmm. right? It's a it's a really fun movie, but it's it's more of a kids movie.
1: It is, it is,
0: and yeah. and it's fun. You're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. It's the big expression. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls.
1: It was. Uh, oh, it was mainly shot in Salt Lake City and Ogden, Utah. Wow. Can you imagine a Major League Baseball game in Utah? Right. But the, the movie was set in the San Fernando Valley. Oh, That's okay. Where, Got it. Yeah. Got it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, this is a crazy, crazy... Well, this this is actually really cool. I know it's a little sports-heavy here, but have you seen this um, basketball play? He's a... Um, his name is Hansel Emanuel Emanuel. Do you know who he no, is?
0: No, doesn't ring a bell.
1: He's a one-armed basketball player. No, really? He earned his uh, D1 offer from Tennessee State University. He came here from the Dominican Republic as a young oh. boy. Some like at the house, like there was um there was a like this tragic accident where um, part of the house like fell fell on him and he had to get his arm amputated, like right below his shoulder. Oh. And I saw footage of this guy. Yep. Yeah. And you like you know, and I, I keep on thinking of you know of of Abbott, you know, who who pitched for the for the Angels and yes, and Jim Abbott, Jim Abbott, and how amazing it was to see somebody like that with one arm do you know play in a professional sport. This guy shoots three pointers, he dribbles between his legs. Really, he won a slam dunk contest with one arm. That's insane. And my question is. I mean, will we see him play in the NBA? You have to have to watch this guy. You will be amazed. I mean, I, I will
0: be amazed. I'm sure. Um, it's, tennis, it's, it's Tennessee State University, not necessarily a pipeline to the NBA, right? And the NBA is so tough. You know, there are. In Major League Baseball, there are multiple levels of minor league systems that you can, you can go through, single A, double A, uh, triple A, all that stuff. So you get lots of opportunities. In the NBA, you've got a roster of 15, so 30 teams, roster of 15, uh, along with a G League team, which is probably another 10 so, so or, or 12. So you're talking about 42 players per team now i'm doing my math wrong you're talking about uh 30 some players mm-hmm. on the team mm-hmm. it is such a rare thing to make it to the nba it's such a rare thing so i I'd, I'd love to see it happen but my my gut reaction is unlikely but it doesn't make take away from the the magnitude of the
1: story you will you will not believe how incredible this guy is.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I've never seen that. I mean, you just see him like drive to the basket and it and and he's got finesse, you know? Nice.
0: Nice. So, well, I will Google him right after we talk.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think maybe this is the last story.
0: Is it the last story? I'm so disappointed when it's the last story.
1: I think so. I mean, I have a few more, but but this story just crazy. So, there was there's been this like really really strange um frantic erratic behavior with salmon's on a German fish farm. <laughs>
0: By the way, I don't think it's salmon's. I think it's I think the plural is also salmon. It's
1: salmon? Okay, yeah. of salmon, okay. And um they are try they they discovered that in uh in June of 2020 the behavior was due to the fact that they had cocaine in their system. Really? Yes. So they were like run they were like trying to jump out of the water like panicked. Where's the um, cocaine coming from? It's coming from sewage um that that's running through a, a stream in the Rhine River. And it okay? just it's happens in to have and it has in cocaine it. and they say uh and cocaine and a cocaine degradation product.
0: Okay. So anyway,
1: there's cocaine there, and the fish are acting crazy. The fish are acting crazy because it's getting in their system, right? Yeah. And I was thinking, like, what kind of behavior would a fish on cocaine be exhibiting? I mean, like, do they see the? Do they see? Because they're they're like in um they're like in 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 on like fish farms, right? Yeah. Okay, got it. So it's like, you know, do you see, like, little white powder by their gills? Right,
0: right. Do so they rub the, the <laughs> yeah, gums the after guns, they have some?
1: Smoking, smoking a lot of cigarettes, <laughs> talking shit to people, thinking yeah. they're, like, you know, they're better than anybody else. It's like else.
0: Studio 54 for salmon.
1: <laughs> and what was it that they were saying that, I guess, some years ago, there were some um, eels that they found okay. um, that were doing meth. <laughs> Doing meth, <laughs> they were high on meth because Same was- thing.
0: It comes from a natural source, and they just wind up high on meth.
1: Well, I I doubt they have a dealer. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was from the water. But they were saying the the difference between the salmon and the coke was that um, it's not a. It wasn't addictive. Like they didn't show behavior where they were like strung out or anything like that. Right, right. But they said with the eel, they were like. Heavily addicted to it. They needed it. Oh, right. So, so well, sure,
0: because it's highly addictive. Now, That's if you crazy. stumbled
1: upon an eel who was strung out, would you cop for him?
0: Mm. Would it's you? So gross. <laughs> They're such <laughs> gross animals. What? Have you ever done the meth? Never did meth. Never. Never. Ever been tempted? Never. Yeah, me either. It's such a disgusting It's such a disgusting one. Your teeth fall out, all that stuff. What about Blow? I know you did Blow. I have done Blow, yeah, sure. You were a comic in the 80s. Come on.
1: I I know comics that used to get paid in Blow. No, really? Yeah.
0: I once, uh, when I was a program director, I was probably 19 years old at this radio station in Toledo, Ohio, 93QWRQN. And, you know, I would make the decision about what records we were going to put on the air. And so they would try to give me stuff. This was the era of where they really did give you stuff uh, to, uh, to, to add their records. And Guy put a bag of blow on the table and said, let's talk about this REO Speedwagon song. <laughs> sure enough, it worked. But I was only 19 years old. I didn't like it. I thought it made me just jump out of my skin. It's too, too much, too much of a jet propulsion thing.
1: Right. Well, I I actually liked it and um, I I don't know if I ever told you the story, but I was working in a club, The Punchline in Atlanta. Okay. And they put you up and if if Chris Depetta who owns the club, who's a big-time manager now, ever yeah. listens to this, finds this out, he will, I don't know if he'll he'll probably laugh now all these years later, but anyway, so they put you up in this really really nice like it was like a rustic house, right? It okay. was like a three-story house. And I'm hanging out with the other comic, and there's a fireplace in the room, and and uh, we start doing coke, and we did it to like the wee hours of the morning. It was like insane how high we just kept on doing it and doing it, and at one point we ran out of firewood. And he started breaking the furniture oh, God. in the room and putting <laughs> it in the fire. And I was like, what are you doing? I said, they know that we're staying here. They know that we did this. So they didn't find out until after we left. But I never, ever. You're like a-
0: some crazy rock band on a <laughs> blow bender, breaking up the furniture and leaving it a mess at the end.
1: I never got a phone call like, hey, what happened when you guys were here? Hey, why'd you burn the furniture? yeah cocaine is uh and and you know, cocaine was one of those drugs where um guys would always try to get you to do coke with them, or that was like an enticement to ah. be to be with like if you know to be with somebody like I went to Jamaica one year and some Jamaican guy, oh God, he was so annoying lying on the beach and um he came over and um kept on asking me if I wanted to do coke and I said, no. I don't want to do Coke and I don't want to do Coke with you. I'm smoking pot. I'm drinking. <laughs> I, you know, I, I we, we did that. We had mushroom tea, which was, which oh, was fun yeah? in yeah. Jamaica, but it was like, no, just get away. And he, and that was his ticket thinking that, Ooh, you know, cause all they do, they try, you try to prey on America.
0: I got blow. I get, I get the girl. Exactly. And I yeah. said, just didn't work for you. Didn't work for me. No. Yeah. So. All right. Well, there you have it. There's Sue's news. I I like this. I like this. It's fun. It is fun, yeah. Um, and we've—I I should say—we've got really cool guests coming up, and all that stuff. We're going to continue to do uh, all the guests for you. I saw a movie, Sue. Oh my god! Saw a movie yesterday in a theater mm-hmm. called Coda, mm-hmm. C O D A. And for me, it is so good that it—it it reminded me what I love about movies. The ability to be transported to a different place, uh, to see people who live differently than we do, uh, to see, uh, to have that emotional resonance in a story, mm-hmm. to cry at the end of it—it's a tearjerker. Mm-hmm. It is so good. Um, I again, I saw it in a theater, but I think it's on Apple Plus. So that's a totally. Cons- and, and I think we're going to try to grab somebody from that movie when once you see it. It's okay. really, really good. Uh, the other thing that I've been watching is The Prince, uh, which is an animated version of the royal family as the most foul-mouthed, obnoxious, self-absorbed family in the world. And it's told from the perspective of Prince, is it Harry? Is he the one that will someday get the throne?
1: No. Oh no, Prince yeah. William is no. Is it Prince William? No, it goes. It's, no, it's, yeah. Uh, of course, it's, it's
0: not Prince Harry. It's
1: not Prince Harry.
0: No, it's Prince Charles. Then Prince, blonde hair guy who's losing his hair, and then his son. His, so that his would son. be.
1: It's it's his son, Prince right? William. Prince William. Prince William. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's his. So it's told through his perspective, and he is the most funny, obnoxious. <laughs> little kid in the world so you gotta watch it. that one's on hbo max you gotta watch that one too. okay
1: okay maybe we'll watch that tonight the
0: uh the creator is a guy named gary Janetti. i'm trying to get him on the show too he'd be oh, great cool. he'd be great um all right so you know who we thank for this show every week Sue, jacob and ronnie jacob and ronnie if you are involved in any kind of accident a car accident a motorcycle accident as a pedestrian on a bike You want somebody that has been there before. You want somebody who has been doing this for 24 years in this town, and that is Jacob M. Ronnie. You know, Jacob, the one thing he always reminds me is, when somebody is in an accident, the insurance company is going to call right afterwards and try to make a lowball offer. You should not even be talking to the insurance company. After an accident, you call Jacob right away at 844-24-JACOB. He will talk to the insurance company. He will preserve your case. He will get you to a doctor. And ultimately, he will get you the maximum compensation that you deserve. So if you are involved in any kind of accident, look no further than my friend, Jacob and Ronnie, 844 24 Jacob. That's 844 24 Jacob, 844 24 Jacob. Or remember, accident or
1: injury. Call Jacob and Ronnie. Call, call Jacob. Jacob.
0: Yeah, this is not even close, but it's all right.
1: Yeah, we uh, hesitated on the Jacob we,
0: we did. We hesitated. <laughs> we got the yips. <laughs> got the yips on the call, Jacob. Hey, fun, Sue. Thank
1: you very much. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I guess I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah,
0: that's right. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> big, big lunch. We're having a big lunch at mm-hmm. Sue's house tomorrow with mm-hmm. our friend David Singer, who's like mm-hmm. the executive producer of NFL Network and his lovely wife, Patty. Mm-hmm. And Sue's husband, Tom, makes a killer eggplant Parmesan. A kill- The one time I was invited to your house in all of history, um, I had the eggplant Parmesan, and it was so good. So I've, I've made a request. Is Tom going to follow through or we have an
1: eggplant parm? We'll have to wait and see. Have to wait and see. But I have to tell you, I've been stirring sauce today, so. Nice. There's there's going to be homemade
0: sauce. Awesome. I'm excited about it. Cool. Uh, Well, listen, uh, thanks, Sue. And we will see everybody next time. Oh, don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. Always really important. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, Leave a rating, leave a review. We really like that stuff, too. And we will see everybody next time on the Culture Pop Podcast.